Amen. 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 Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom. So we just want to be uh, on the other side of that one. Amen. Uh, am I right about it? Uh, we want to be heavenward and homeward bound. But we got to get prepared while we're here. Uh, uh, am I right about it? Good to see uh, you here again tonight. Appreciate you being here. And, uh, you know, man, I, I, I saw the fans go on and, and uh, folk fanning. And I know we had a long day. So I, I think the preacher's going to just get to it. I'm just so glad you're here. Uh, let's just get to God's word. Uh, hey, we're not going to rush it, but, but we're going to hurry up. Is that all right? Uh, like my mother used to tell me, don't rush, but hurry up. Uh, when I used to lag behind, but so we we gonna we gonna get to it if we will. Uh, and meet me over in Matthew chapter four. Matthew chapter four, a series of verses here that I'm sure many of us have read and looked at and examined. And just to have a small little thought for you tonight. Uh, my title, An Indecent Proposal. Uh, and I don't know if this would apply to anybody here, but has anyone been offered a, an indecent proposal? Uh, there was a movie of the same name uh, some years ago in which this, this wealthy entrepreneur uh, invites this young couple to his home and uh, he makes a proposal to them. Uh, allow me to have relations with your wife, and I'll give you a million dollars. Now, I won't tell you what happens. You might go home and put it on the DVR or whatever, but it's interesting to note that someone would have the audacity simply because of his wealth and power and position to propose something so indecent to a married couple. Uh, but even more so, the mindset of the couple who might consider it. I mean, where you have to be to consider a proposal like that, even for a second? And what kind of person do you have to be to even make such a proposal? And this is the climate that I want us to consider as we examine this situation that's taking place here in Matthew chapter 4. You see, our Lord is no stranger to an indecent proposal. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, here he gets three proposals, one after another. And each one is as indecent as the other. Oh, you and I might turn down one proposal. Uh, but three? Uh, help me somebody. And we need to understand something as we look at this. No one is going to try to tempt you with something that wouldn't appeal to you. Uh, amen? I, I can't stand liver. Now, I like meat, <laughs> amen, but, but you ain't going to get me with no liver. Now, if that's a steak, now that know some folk out there tell you, man, while that liver and onions is cooking in the kitchen, they're smelling so good, smell just like steak. And they set that thing in front of you, and it's smoking and looking good, and you sniffing it up, and oh, you can't wait to dig into it, and then you cut into it, and you just smell it, you just feel it, and you just know it's going to taste good. Get that thing in your fork and stick it in your mouth, and 
man. Come on, man. <laughs> See, you're not going to get tempted with something that doesn't appeal to you. But we need to understand that our resolve in enduring temptations is knowing the tempter and knowing our temptations. Amen? Because whether we believe it or not, even if it's for a moment, we're all tempted by something. Uh, amen, somebody? Uh, go with me, uh, James, the first chapter, just for a second. James, the first chapter, verses 13 through 16. Look what the Bible says. Look what God's word says. He says here in verse 13 of James 1, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. See, I'm not the tempter. But look here, verse 14. He says, but, but some man, he said, no, every man is tempted when he or, or she, we ain't leaving nobody out, uh, he went, when he is drawn away of his what? His own lust and enticed. He said, and then when lust hath conceived, in other words, once it's come to fruit here, see, that bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So all of us have been tempted, but, 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 but let's go back to Matthew 4 right quick. Let's see how our Lord handles temptation. Now in verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, then Jesus was led up of the Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. Now Jesus is in the wilderness, distant from his disciples, separated from civilization. He's been fasting for 40 days and nights, and, and some of us on these diets wouldn't fast for one day. Uh, but, but, but now he's hungry. And he's in need of some sustenance. And, and I don't know uh, whenever, uh, uh, don't you know, uh, whenever uh, you're in need of something, here comes the devil. And we need to remember that the tempter not only believes he knows what you need, but he's ready to convince you and I that you need to fulfill that need by any means necessary. Look with me at verse 3. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Now the tempter, who wants control over you and me, believes that if he can get the master to give in to his human desires, his human weaknesses, his human frailties, he can control him totally. And this is how the tempter works on us. If I can get him to cuss just one time, if I could get her to buy that first lotto ticket, if I can get him to take that first drink, if I can get her to sleep with that guy, if I can get him to steal that first dollar, if I can get her to lie just one more time, I'll have him. I'll have them all. And this is how the devil works, y'all. See, he prays on our weaknesses, and he loves to visit us in our weaknesses. Now notice here, he waited 40 days. Wait till Jesus was in his mind weak, vulnerable. And that's sometimes how he visits us. He visits us in the depths of our weaknesses when we're the most vulnerable. That's when he jumps in there. Oh, Brother Bill needs something. Let me offer it to him. It might not be something I need. 
Here come that liver. It smell good. Amen. And I'm hungry. I might eat anything if I ain't been eating for 40 days. But see, I, but you can't tempt me with no liver. If you bring me a stick, you might have me. But, but, but look how the master deals with it. He answers Satan in verse 4. And the first three words are the foundation for his defense and his rebuttal. He says, but he answered and said, it is written. Amen. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And that's Deuteronomy 8, 2 and 3. Jesus is showing you and I the importance of knowing what is written. Amen. See, he knows the scriptures of old. He knows the teachings of old. He knows the lessons of old. Brother Bethan was preaching this morning about legacies and building legacies. Uh, who, who you are now, we ought to be passing those lessons down to our children, passing those teachings down to our children, passing those examples down to our children so that when they face temptation, when their demons arise, they can go back to the word of old and say, it is written. Amen. So, so he knows that these lessons have meaning and application even today. Romans 15 and 4 tells us whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. He says, in essence, to the devil, the word of the Lord will comfort me, the word of the Lord will protect me, and the word of the Lord will sustain me. Help me, somebody. Y'all stand awake with me. Where the devil's not through with Jesus, he makes his second indecent proposal in verses 5 and 6. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. I'm going to take you up here on this high mountain. Jump, Jesus. Now look what happens here. Satan makes his second attempt, and this time he uses scripture. So you can almost imagine him saying, that's all right. That's all right, Jesus. I know some scripture, too. And again, this is how the tempter works on us. See, he'll use the truth of the word and distort it to his purposes. See, you know, if you look in here and look at it this way and that way, see, someone will convince you. Faith isn't important. Someone will try to convince you repentance isn't important. Someone will try to convince you baptism isn't important. Someone will try to convince you worship isn't important. Someone will try to convince you obedience isn't important. And if we give in to it, if we fall prey to it, now we're on Satan's fish hook. And he can reel us in at his pleasure. But Jesus knows the tempter. And he can match him precept upon precept. He responds in verse 7. Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You see, Satan says to Jesus, if you tell God, he'll do it. And Jesus tells Satan in essence, don't be testing God. That's Deuteronomy 6.16. Don't try him. And don't try his patience. 
He's saying, I know who I am, and I know who he is. And neither one of us needs to demonstrate it to you. Amen. Don't let Satan trap you into testing your love for the Lord or his love for you. Amen, somebody. Uh, the Hebrew writer reminds us in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, he says, let your conversation or your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he have said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. See, for the Christian, that's called confidence in Christ. Uh, amen. Well, let's keep going. Uh, Satan's not through yet. Uh, he makes his third indecent proposal in verses 8 and 9. He says, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceedingly high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Satan says, I can't appeal to his weakness. I can't appeal to his faith. Let me see if I can appeal to his loyalties. And this temptation perhaps the most compelling. Satan knows our needs, same as God does. But what he offers you is not the keys to the kingdom, it's the chains in the cages of conformity. See, the rich young ruler missed out on heaven because he wouldn't renounce his wealth. The priests and scribes valued their position more than their salvation. Judas Iscariot betrayed our Lord for 30 pieces of silver and hung himself in shame. And this, my friends, is how Satan works on us. If he can keep what he has for you in front of you and keep you fixed on it, focused on it, all he really wants you to do is take your mind off Jesus. And what he's attempting to do with Jesus is take his mind off his father by tempting him with something else. But look at Jesus' response in verse 10. Then Jesus saith unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. What have we sometimes said to people when we've had enough of them and their foolishness? Mama used to say to me when she had enough of me, get out of my face, boy. Jesus has had enough. And so Satan gets the message. Deuteronomy 10 and 20. Jesus says, in essence, get out of my face, Satan. You ain't messing with me. See, I'm worshiping God. I'm serving God. I'm believing God. And whatever he has for me is all right with me. Whatever my issues are, whatever my problems are, whatever my burden is, if, 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 if God allowed it to come on me, he's going to help take it off of me. Amen, somebody. See, see, James says, 4 and 7 says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. See, Satan wants you to renounce God, but God wants you to resist Satan. And if you do, look what he'll do. 
In, in verse 11 of our text, see, we're almost home now. He says, in verse 11 in our text in Matthew 4, look with me there. He says, then the devil leaveth him. In verse 10, he said, get thee hence. He said, get on out my face. And look what happens when you tell Satan, get away from you. See, he stopped tempting you. See, look what he says in verse 11. He says, then the devil leaveth him. And look at this. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. You got some angels out there. You got some people who are praying for you. You got some people who are supporting you. You got some people who are encouraging you. Whatever your trial, whatever your tribulation. Man, don't just think we're in here praying on Sunday just for the heck of it. We got a name on that prayer. Somebody who's not here today is falling under the temptations of the devil somewhere. And we ought to be praying for them. We ought to be helping them to see that as long as you stay in the word of the Lord and you keep that word in your heart and carry it in your mind and carry it with you, you can say to the devil, get out of my face, Satan, because I'm going to serve God. See, God knows what you need, but Satan knows what you want. And there's a distinct difference between the two. I'm going to say it again. God knows what you need, but Satan knows what you want. <laughs> Amen. See, see, don't let Satan offer you an indecent proposal. And, and, and my friends, if you need Jesus, then he makes this proposal. Few chapters over in Matthew 11, he says, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I'm meek and lowly in heart and you'll find rest unto your souls. If you're here and you have a mind to serve Jesus, here's all you got to do. Come to him hearing and believing his gospel, repenting of your sins, confessing him as Lord, being baptized for the remission of your sins, and you'll be added to this body, the body of Christ, the church of Christ. And then you can strengthen yourself in the word of God so when Satan comes at you with an indecent proposal, you'll just be able to tell him, get out of my face. Amen. If you're here and this is what you desire, it's available to you right now. Why don't you come as we together stand and sing. Give not to temptation.